Hello, fun, fearless, and beautiful women. I'm your host Nidhi, and here I discuss important issues that affect women, which often get sidelined by popular media. Why do mothers who contribute up to 39% of GDP go unnoticed by policymakers and society? How has COVID negatively affected the work-life balance of working women? How have female leaders such as Jacinda Ardern and Angela Merkel managed to sail their countries through the current crisis? No topic is off limits, and research is my strongest weapon to bring attention to matters close to a woman's heart. I also have real conversations with women who are creating their own path and ask them to share their secret sauce with us. Think of this as a thought-provoking hour with your gal pal that inspires you to be the change. Together, we are unstoppable. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unstoppable. Today, we have Neha. She's a founder of Femtech Partners, a fintech consulting firm enabling startups to expand their markets while also focusing on promoting female talent in an area which is often male-dominated. She's amongst Asia's 50 most influential women in renewable energy, a recipient of Global Future Fintech Leader Award by Abu Dhabi government, and is also in Singapore's 100 Women in Tech. She's a well-known speaker in conferences around the globe, such as Pioneers in Vienna, Abu Dhabi Fintech Week, Hong Kong Blockchain Week, Silicon Valley to UK, and London Fintech Week. In her spare time, she likes to practice yoga and archery and also volunteers to support autistic children. But despite her wonderful achievements, probably the best way to introduce her would be Hey everyone, meet my sister. Yes, she is my sister who used to follow me around the playground, but I'm glad she's here today to share her tips on how to be a terrific public speaker, how to find the right speaking opportunities, your voice, and also about her work in fintech. Uh, so for me, it was a very simple formula. I started writing to all the conference producers, send them my brief uh, profile. And I think uh, it's all about practicing, right? Because we went to a school which was Hindi medium. It was not that easy for for me to actually um, have an easy start in my career. There are occasions when you're on the stage and you feel, oh, I don't belong here. So that does happen. And I think it's natural because um, there is pressure. And, um, and now, you know, because I've done it for a long time, I remind myself that uh, I should see pressure as a privilege. Every time we are participating in a meeting, when we are on the stage, uh, when we are struggling to find the right words and we kind of mute our voice, I think uh, let's not do that. Let's express ourselves freely. Uh, because if we talk about the phrase for 2020, it is, hey, you are on mute. So let's not stay on mute. Let's unmute ourselves, put our voice uh, uh, loud open. It is not going to be easy either getting your first gig or being on the stage. It is not going to be easy. I don't want to sell a story which is uh, all rosy and bright to say that, oh, you get your first gig, you're going to be a superstar. It doesn't happen. It is a constant journey. So put your hands together for my wonderful sister who is joining us today. Neha, a warm welcome to the show. Thank you, Nidhi, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I think I will be struggling to figure out how to address you. So I will stick to Nidhi for now. 
but very happy to be on your show and very excited for your journey because I think you're touching on topics which are completely new and somehow slipped under the carpet because uh, some of them are taboo in Asian culture. So I'm very happy with the kind of work you're doing. Thank you, Nia. That's, um, I also would be sticking to a formal introduction and to a formal tone of voice. But uh, let's start with uh, your early public speaking experience. How did you get uh, familiar with public speaking? And was it always a natural skill for you? Not at all. So I think... Um... It's in a sharp, sharp contrast to what you see today. Uh, today, maybe my happiest place would be sitting on a stage, enjoying the spotlight. But when I began this journey, it was not that easy. And I think I was one of those people who would be a backbencher, never raise their voice in the class and uh, easily bullied. Uh, so I think uh, to be where I am today, I would definitely give a lot of credit to you and to our dad for uh, building up the confidence in me and also all encouraging me to try something new. Um, so I still remember uh, getting up in the morning when our father would ask us to read the newspaper loud and encourage us to participate in extracurricular activities in school. So I think one thing led to the other and I figured out that uh, no matter what profession I pick, I would always find myself on stage and I would always be happy to enjoy being in front of the audience and having my own voice. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when we were young, uh, our father used to prepare a small news report that we would read out in the morning assembly. And that was our early experience or early uh, venture into public speaking. And uh, Neha, as she rightly mentioned, that she was very shy in the beginning and she used to um, feel on the stage, she used to be very nervous. But as time went along, she became the school head girl and was acing many competitions. But as uh, as I as she said earlier as well, that it took a bit of time. So let's not give up if our journey initially is not that smooth, and keep on trying until we build that skill of public speaking. Do you agree with that? Yeah, indeed, and and I think uh, it's all about practicing right because we went to a school which was hindi medium so getting familiar with english and uh, working uh, in a country like singapore where english was the way of doing everything it was not that easy for for me to actually um have an easy start in my career so as, as you said i think um, it takes courage it takes um passion and then it also uh, it also means that you have thick skin because every time you fail getting up back on the stage uh, facing the audience and giving yourself the motivation is never easy but you have to find that courage within yourself so I think it's uh, it's not an easy journey but very satisfying and rewarding so so the listeners uh, who are intrigued on how they can get started with the public speaking journey I would definitely advise them to take small steps and not give up so easily Perfect. And that would lead me to the next question is what actually motivated you to seek out public speaking opportunities in your profession? And also, how did you secure your first public speaking gig? 
I think it all happened in 2017 when um, I was chosen to study uh, at King's College London as on achieving scholarship. So the scholarship is offered by the UK government. And uh, that was a turning point for me because I decided that I want to have my own consulting gig and at the same time um, suddenly change the gears and, uh, you know, be a rainmaker. And it's it's never easy to be a rainmaker, execute the projects and um, just be out there, be your own salesperson. So I remember that uh, when I decided on being independent, going independent, having my own consulting gig, one of the things that I was very clear uh, that I wanted to work on is on my public speaking skills, because these days when you uh, talk about any big celebrity, they always emphasize this, the, the public speaking uh, ability, because no matter what profession you choose, you will end up being on the stage, whether to receive awards or to pitch for your business or to actually uh, just be in front of the audience and tell them what you're doing. So for me, it was very clear that if I want my business to go global, I should be seen in more than one country. And the best way to do that would be by participating in conferences and um, and to be seen as a thought leader. Uh, so for me, it was a very simple formula. And I think it may still work for people who are keen to get started on this journey. I started writing to all the conference producers, send them my brief uh, profile and requested them to take me as one of the panel speakers or keynote speakers. And uh, one thing led to the other. So here I was, uh, you know, speaking in Zurich the day after, uh, then taking a flight to um, India, to speaking at the Shakhapatnam uh, FinTech Festival. So I think uh, that's when I realized that I have a skill and also the technical competence. So uh, I think it's a, it's a it's a partnership, right? Because uh, you cannot be on stage and just blabber. So you've got to know your subject really well. Yeah. Uh, so to summarize what Neha said, that firstly, we need if we want to go ahead and become a speaker in conferences, we need to find out at the conferences or events that happen in your field of work. And once you find more about them, you write to those people. So it's just like cold calling or sending out emails to those conference producers so that you can get visibility and probably be a panel speaker to begin with and thereafter move up and become a speaker or a keynote speaker. Does that make sense? Yeah, spot on. Yeah, so it's just it's about cold calling. It's it's a number game. Uh, I I won't give you false hope that the results will happen overnight. It doesn't happen. Uh, we all know that. Uh, it's just about you know sticking your head out and looking for opportunities. And as you go, uh, maybe you will uh, tank on the <laughs> on the stage. You won't perform. But I think it's part of the game. You should be able to take it in your stride and try again. So. Now that you mentioned that you got a first public speaking assignment, did you ever feel like an imposter because you had a big gap from your university where you were always doing public speaking, but now coming uh, back to stage after many, many years, did you feel like an imposter? Was there a struggle and how did you overcome that? I think uh, not the first time around. Uh, certainly that feeling 
uh, comes and goes away from time to time. So there are occasions when you're on the stage and you feel, oh, I don't belong here uh, or I don't know what I'm talking about. So that does happen. And I think it's natural because um, there is pressure and, uh, and no matter how well you prepare or how well you know your subject, sometimes you're just not able to give your, uh, give your best. And, um, and now you know, because I've done it for a long time, I remind myself that uh, I should see pressure as a privilege because it's only when you are under pressure or when you feel you cannot do something, you push the envelope and prove yourself right and prove some people wrong sitting in the audience who don't really believe in you. So I think it's a gamble that you have to take. Um, and I find it very thrilling as well. So I, I think the first few times may not uh, be very difficult, uh, was not really difficult for me, but uh, but it does happen every now and then, and it still happens. But I think it's uh, it's a pep talk that you give yourself, and uh, it's, it's good to be your own best friend because uh, you may not have a lot of uh, fan following or uh, support, uh, support system around you but if you dig deeper inside you you can have enough of your own resources to keep going great so once again to summarize what neha said is that imposter syndrome is common and it's not just that it will happen during your first public speaking experience or something that you're doing for the first time out of your comfort zone it can happen time and time again so you have to motivate yourself and give yourself a pep talk to get out of uh, that mindset, which is pushing you back in your comfort zone. Um, Neha, now that we understand how to approach public speaking events or an opportunity to be a public speaker, how did you, uh, often it's considered as a very glamorous, you're traveling from one conference to the other, but obviously there would be some downsides to it, which we as outsiders do not know of. So was there something which happened unexpected or something which you would like to highlight to the listeners so that they're aware of it and can be more mindful of, of uh, when they go ahead and try for such opportunities? I think uh, I can share two instances here. One could be a funny one for your listeners and the one which is something that will that may be a takeaway for this, uh, for this episode. So I'll start with the serious one. Uh, oftentimes, working in finance, in fintech, you find yourself to be the only woman on the stage and one of the only women in the room. So including the audience, you could be just handful of, uh, hand, it could be just a handful of us. Um, and that could be a bit of a struggle, right? Because you are trying to engage with an audience which is, um, uh, you don't know how they're perceiving you. and And then at the same time, you're trying to represent a community which is not so big, but you want their voice to be heard because at the end of at the at the end of the day, uh, we are representing fifty percent of world's opinion. So it's important that we speak up. Uh, it it was uh, shown in a recent study done by Gates Foundation that women are very much underrepresented in the news in the media industry. Uh, so I always feel the pressure and the need to speak not only for myself, but for women in fintech. And that is the reason I set up Femtech Partners to support women who want to uh, get started with their fintech journey as a career or on a financial inclusion journey. Um, and then I think uh, comes the funny part. 
I remember when I was visiting you, it was maybe two years ago. I was taking a flight directly from Singapore. My luggage didn't arrive on time. And this was a mid of winters, like landing straight into Zurich airport when it was very cold. I, I was wearing my pajamas because I was flying from Singapore. And here I am supposed to go on the stage. My, uh, my luggage is missing because my connecting flight from Amsterdam was screwed up. So I was on the stage uh, wearing my own, you know, my own uh, smile and uh, not so fancy clothes, but I pulled it off. So I think uh, what I learned that day uh, was, the, was that um, no matter what, life goes on and people will appreciate you for your courage and for showing up in life. Right. So that's what I learned. And I, when I look back, I, I feel that, uh, I did a great job. I was not getting, uh, unhappy or sad about the fact that I, my luggage is lost. So to, uh, to summarize, I think I would say that, um, Sometimes it's just about having the, having the courage, but also knowing that, um, knowing that, you know, if things don't go as per your plan, God has a better plan for you. And this is the opportunity when you would be exploring yourself as well, right? Because when you are getting into uncharted territories, you are exploring yourself and setting new records. Yeah. So we have to explore uncharted territories before we can find out who, who or what we are made of really. So things do happen as Neha said that uh, she lost her luggage and there she was without her best outfit, but with her best mindset to showcase in front of all those people. And as you rightly mentioned that when you're representing underrepresented voices in your field of expertise, how do you make sure that the balance between educating or advocacy plus uh, being being fully present with your subject matter, how do you balance that? How do you advocate for having more female talent in uh, fintech plus go ahead and speak about whatever you are uh, designed to speak on that day? Hmm. So I think um, when we talk about female inclusion, we, we know for a fact that there is a digital divide and also a gender divide. Uh, and while we are trying to capture that market, uh, we we know for sure that technology is an enabler. Uh, we are using tech for good. And uh, when we are working in developing markets or not so developed countries, the idea is to work with women and youth who are usually not considered when the financial decisions are made. And uh, these are the people who are not having the same level of uh, exposure to banking services and technology um, part of the game. So when we are working with the regulators and the fintechs, we are trying to cover the last mile by having the, the right regulatory framework and at the same time providing them the, the the competence. So to give an example, if you talk about the current pandemic, I think only those businesses are going to thrive who manage to go offline to online. So this O2O model, offline to online model, uh, has helped so many businesses thrive. Like for instance, right now, the two of us are able, able to have this chat sitting miles away because of technology. But it's not the case with a lot of women in the in the developing markets. So we are working to make sure that 
we not only give them the right tools, but at the same time, give them a voice as well. It is not going to be easy. Uh, it's going to take many years before we can see the change happening. And uh, the pandemic has actually pulled us back uh, uh, even more. So it's, it's important that we work uh, and have an ecosystem approach because we are working not only with the regulators, with the fintechs, but at the same time, we're trying to see how we can get more money into these small businesses which are run by women entrepreneurs, which are supporting the local uh, economies and how we can help them go digital. Because yeah. uh, at, at the moment, a lot of governments are supporting and providing grants for women entrepreneurs to go digital. Um, and as far as uh, speaking about these issues is concerned, I think uh, in the last couple of years, I have managed to be on forums where I have spoken about these issues. And I hope uh, I have been able to create the right buzz about it, start the dialogues in the right sense, because I don't believe that it is supposed to be just a women-led issue. It is an inclusive matter where we need to have male and female representation both, because uh, when we're talking about the 50% world's point of view, we cannot ignore the other 50%. So it is a game which has to be played really well from both the genders and use fintech as an enabler. Right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your perspective. And uh, for the benefit of uh, our listeners, could you break down what fintech means and how could you understand? Because often it becomes a buzzword without really uh, going into what it actually means. Right. So uh, to put it in simple terms, fintech is a combination of two words put together, finance and technology, fin and tech. Uh, in the initial days, it was said that it's more of fin than tech because banks were ruling uh, the business. But now it has become more of tech than fin uh, because technology is here to stay and it is making our life a lot more easier. Um, and 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 if I were to talk about my day, um, our day starts with our mobile phone, our device, and we are able to use um, an app that helps us to make all the payments. That's where the feature of e-payments comes in. Now we don't really use the word e because the electronic aspect has gone away. Everything is automatically considered or implied to be uh, electronic. So gone are the days when you would like to have the, the phrase of e-commerce, e-payments, because now everything is digital. So you're buying stuff online. That is courtesy fintech because you're making the payments online and it goes through the banking systems again online. And for you to start um, a banking relationship, you don't really have to walk into a branch anymore. You can do the KYC online, the eKYC part of it, knowing your customer, taking a selfie, uploading your ID documents. And then comes the aspect of uploading money onto your account. Again, you use an app or you're using a digital method of doing that. Uh, so once you have enough money in your wallet, you can send money to your friends, to your family. So this is fintech <laughs> for you, right? I mean, it is all over you. It makes our life easier. And that's the reason it is supposed to be so sticky because we get addicted to uh, fintech. And uh, it's the customer journey and the user journey is so fantastic and seamless that we refuse to uh, stay off our phone now. Understand. And um, if you had to circling back to what we started with about public speaking and speaking for um, 
as a female speaker in different conferences around the globe if somebody is looking to get those opportunities what would be one advice that you would like to give women out there who are listening to you right now uh maybe not so relevant to public speaking but i would like to say that every time i stay quiet i feel i should have spoken every time i stay uh, i say something i feel i should have stay, uh, stayed quiet i'm not sure if it's making sense but what i'm trying to say that every time we are participating in a meeting when we are on the stage uh, when we are struggling to find the right words and we kind of mute our voice i think uh, let's not do that let's express ourselves freely uh, because if we talk about the phrase for 2020 it is hey you are on mute so let's not stay on mute let's unmute ourselves put our voice uh, uh, loud open talk about your feelings say what you mean and uh, to make it relevant for the for the question that you asked me i think it's important that um, you are someone who believes in uh, not giving up because if you give up it's not meant for you it is not going to be easy either getting your first gig or being on the stage it is not going to be easy i don't want to sell a story which is uh, all rosy and bright to say that oh you get your first gig you're going to be a superstar it doesn't happen it is a constant journey and i'm sure you would also agree now that you do podcast every every two weeks uh, it takes a lot of practice and homework so it is just like any other thing in life it is about dedication it is about not giving up and working on yourself because uh, we all are work in progress really are. right and what a wonderful phrase to have let's not be on mute and let's raise our voices for what we believe in and also that practice is key to anything that we want to master and get better at whether it's podcasting whether it's being an entrepreneur whether it's being a public speaker and yeah you are also an entrepreneur as you mentioned that you have a fintech consulting firm so uh, for people out there who have been especially during this time when a lot of people have uh, and especially women have been badly affected by the coronavirus crisis because it's not just a health crisis but an economic crisis where women are taking a bigger share of the economic burden right now um what would so who are looking for starting their own business it might not be uh it might not be their first choice but now that if they are made redundant or they have uh, fewer opportunities to work how would you uh, advise them to go ahead and start their own passion project um i would like to say two things first when you talk about the word crisis in chinese language it means opportunity every black swan event that we have seen in the world in the history is actually the time when great ideas came about uh, we are using this uh, this mode uh, of zencaster or we use zoom these apps were not so popular back so the the, the point i'm trying to drive home is that um, if it's a crisis situation it is an opportunity situation as well now it depends on us how we want to maximize it or capitalize on it uh, it's always a good time to be an entrepreneur because it's a journey that you uh, partake because you truly believe in something and you believe in having your own independence your own passion project uh, being given out to the world and uh, it's a project that you take 
every single day when you face 100 no's a lot of rejections yet you want to stay afloat and uh, you do things because you believe in it uh, it is not an easy journey but as richard branson says that um, every time you get a great idea say yes and go for it and then figure out how to make it happen so i think i'm i'm a firm believer in that concept if you have if you have just lost your job it has been a a bad stroke of luck because of the pandemic i really sympathize with the women who are struggling but i feel that uh, there's no point sulking and sitting back and thinking oh it's the end of the world it is not because uh, every time the economy revives uh, the markets crash uh, that's the time when you can blossom. So I, I think this is a perfect time to upgrade, upskill. So even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, you can uh, explore a new field um, that you wanted to always explore. So use this time to have all um, to do online courses. There are so so many courses that are being offered online now. So I think it's a perfect time to have your own version 2.0. So I, I strongly believe that uh, 2020 has put me in a in a place where I'm finding a new version of myself, and uh, it's Neha 2.0. And Neha 2.0 would be someone who's uh, who's learning new every day because you don't know what's in store for you. And appreciating all the little things in life because uh, pandemic has shown us that it's uh, it's an uncertain world we are living in, and at the same time we are very connected. So whatever we do is not just impacting us but the world at large. So whatever business or the idea you choose to carry on with, it will have a ripple effect. So um, just follow your heart and passion. Great. So to summarize what you said, uh, Richard Branson's quote: "Say yes." To the idea that you have and crisis is an opportunity if we try to find the right way to upskill ourselves whether it's through courses or pursuing a new passion and once once we are in that journey of pursuing a new passion or a new career path there would be new challenges which would bring you to a new version of yourself a better version of yourself so now that we have learned about Neha's version 2.0, I also want to find out that given the current crisis where speaking opportunities or physical events are not happening as much, how can someone like me go ahead and find a right opportunity to speak? How would I do that? And also, what are the current uh, frameworks or the current events that are happening that can be pursued? I think that's a great question at the end. I honestly feel that some of the um, conference producers, event organizers were really struggling in the first half of 2020 because uh, their events just went bust. They had no idea what to do, how to uh, take the model online. Uh, to give an example, Singapore FinTech Festival, which is supposed to be the world's biggest FinTech event in um it gets around 50,000 people over the course of four days from uh, around the world, right? Uh, they have actually gone for a hybrid model because, uh, because Singapore is open now, so they could afford to have a bit of an event happening uh, in person and the rest online in 40 countries going live. Um, so I think the way 
pandemic has impacted us, we would never go back to the normal days of having a conference. And and if you ask me, do I feel great about it? Not so much because I'm one of those people who really enjoy being on the stage and getting the attention and spotlight. <laughs> so that has gone away. Uh, but for people who are interested in uh, getting started with their public, uh, public speaking career, I think it's a great opportunity because uh, you don't really have to get worried on who's watching you. You don't feel that pressure uh, of sitting on that hot seat and being looked at by so many eyes right uh, so I think it's it's a good start because you can be sitting in your living room and uh, doing this conference where you're just part of a panel discussion and as we know these panel discussions are just about 40 to 50 minutes they have five speakers so you just get around five to seven minutes of speaking or air time uh, you they uh, the organizers typically use uh, apps like zoom air meet to do these conferences and uh, so far they work pretty okay but technology has also shown us that it is not 100% reliable so there could be issues where someone is on mute <laughs> or the video is not working so be prepared to give a lot of retakes and i think it's it's great right because if you're on the stage there's no retake uh, but here you are you get a chance to redo it again so i think uh, if someone is really interested in this idea wants to tinker with it this is the time and as i said in the beginning uh, i started off by doing the cold calling style the classified style but if you have a better way of doing it uh, then find it out work on it uh, there's so many videos out there i watch them even now from time to time to figure out how can i be good at public speaking so i think it's a great time to work on your skills uh, reach out to the relevant people grab those opportunities brag about it on your LinkedIn and social media. I think that's the most essential thing to do. Uh, not because you uh, you want to uh, be seen as a thought leader or you want to, uh, you just want to uh, get some extra likes and, uh, and shares, but because uh, you're starting something new and you want people to recognize your efforts and uh, that it also helps you when you are in a corporate job, right? They really respect the fact that you're trying to build something outside of it. And it's a brand that you develop for yourself. So today, if someone talks about uh, Femtech Partners or the person behind Femtech Partners, which is me, uh, I feel glad that the last three years of working on this journey has been fruitful in, in some way that I've created a brand for myself. Before resuming our conversation, I would like to share a word about my other podcast called Brainstorm, which I publish with kids. Please have a listen. Hi, I'm Vanya. I'm six years old and a huge Harry Potter fan. Hi, I'm Nidhi. I'm a public speaking teacher. Hello, I'm Arab and I love science and I'm nine years old. And together, we welcome you to Brainstorm. We started this podcast because our idea won the Spotify Pitchfest audience choice. In each episode, we discuss an exciting theme, such as Maria Sharapova's exciting tennis journey or NASA's Mars mission. The purpose of this podcast is to give children a chance to express their thoughts and ideas and become confident public speakers. 
Perfect. And what a wonderful way to summarize uh, whatever we have discussed. This has been one fruitful half an hour conversation where we have learned so much about how we can build our own brand. And once again, reiterating the fact that crisis is an opportunity, how having online conferences give you, gives you the opportunity to not be on stage and feel the real pressure of presenting in front of a live audience, but to practice and hone your skills. And also that you can use this time to go do uh, better your skills, whether it's going to be watching videos or you're going to be writing to speakers or conference producers to approach them to find out about the next opportunity and and uh, give this give this a real shot. Um, and as Neha rightly mentioned, that being an entrepreneur has taught her so much. So let's say yes to the idea, whether it's entrepreneurship or whether it's speaking at a stage, basically upping your game and going ahead and trying to be a better version of yourself. Thank you so much for your time, Neha. I am sure everybody listening would have benefited from your experience and your uh, advice as well. And whosoever is looking to uh, become a speaker in the future, this is going to be very relevant and very useful. Thank you so much once again. Thank you, Nidhi, for having me on your show. And kudos to you. You're doing an excellent job because every time you're talking about uh, a women issue or you're talking about uh, recycling the old clothes, I think all these issues are very, very relevant in today's time because uh, all of us are trying not to be materialistic. We're trying to just appreciate what we have. So you're doing a great job. Keep at it. And I hope the listeners find this podcast useful in some way or the other. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So that was my sister, my wonderful sister, Neha, who was guiding us all the way along. And until next time, be unstoppable. आशा करते हैं कि आपको ये सोच कास्ट बहुत पसंद आया अगर कुछ कहना है इसके बारे में तो लिखकर बताइए हमें अपने फेसबुक और इंस्टाग्राम पेज पर सोच कास्ट ढूंढिए अगर आपको अपनी सोच दुनिया को सुनानी हो तो सोच कास्ट करो सोच कास्ट